0: Hello and welcome to That's the Issue at the Comic Book Podcast that gets to know you through the issues that you love. Uh, my name is Matt Loon, and uh, I'm one of your hosts. Uh, the other host is uh, Wes Messer. Wes, how are you doing tonight?
1: I am quite well, Sarah. How about you, Matt?
0: Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you. Yeah, uh, we've uh, we've got a guest with us this evening, and um, he's the uh, the author of the new uh, image comic series coming out in December, uh, Paradiso. So uh, it's Ram V. Ram, welcome to the show.
2: Uh, thanks for having me on, guys.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's really good to chat with you. And um, well, I had uh, Ryan O'Sullivan on uh, a couple of weeks ago, or uh, about a month ago probably now, yep, yep. and he was on with uh, Plaid talking about, um, or Klaus, to uh, talk about uh, Void Trip, uh, their uh, image right. comic series that came out, and you guys uh, are at the same uh, studios together, are you not? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, White, How's, noise? Um, White noise, that's it, yeah, How's that, uh, how does that come about for you guys?
2: Um, I mean, when I first moved here, um, I think the the first time I attended Thought Bubble was in 2014 or 15. Hmm. Um, and and around that time is when Dan Waters and Casper Wingard had limbo out from Image. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. And I just happened to meet Dan and Ryan both at Thought Bubble. Uh, didn't know them at all. Introduced myself. And we kind of had a good time there and we kept in touch. Um you know, fast forward two years later, we're exchanging scripts and giving each other notes on the work that we yeah. were doing. Um, and we realized that we all had similar influences and we all kind of decried the loss of 90s vertigo, uh, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and that kind of common interest and, and common sort of headspace really brought us together. Um, and we decided to formalize that right after we met Alex um uh, and realized he too was one of us. <laughs> uh, and so that's, that's kind of how the, the studio came about because we were exchanging sort of notes and, and, and criticism on the writing. It's hard to come by um, like good quality criticism that you can trust um, from, from a creator that you respect and admire. Yeah. Um, and so Brian, Dan and Alex are all three people that I would, I would trust to rip apart my uh, script and give me feedback.
0: <laughs> yeah so you kind of you fi- as soon as you find those people you kind of cling on to them and don't let them go because it's like I uh, they're very rare I imagine to uh, to find like-minded people like that
2: Yeah I mean it's also you'll always find people willing to give you good criticism I mean that's the that's the great part about you know meeting other writers and artists but um, often you know either you could you could be really intimidated by it uh, or you could dismiss it uh, if you don't have a good relationship with the person that's giving you that critique. Mm. And so that became really important. And um, kind of, I mean, we kind of see each other struggle with our stories, um, even though, and it's kind of odd to see that because I really admire uh, work that Ryan, Dan, and Alex do. Um, but I do see them, I do see the sort of inner struggle there is when you're, when you're trying to craft something new. And that's also very reassuring because you go, they're good and they feel the same way. So when they give me critique on my books, they must see something that's good there too. So, mm.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I think the, um, you know, it's, it's interesting you talk about... Uh, limbo which was you know a brilliant series when that uh when that came out and uh and void trip as well uh similarly so like re- really enjoyable first issue Um definitely looking forward to kind of reading more about that one um and i you know it's it's, it's interesting like uh putting the three books together like yourself uh you know, paradiso and uh and limbo and void void trip they all have that um a very very similar kind of aesthetic very kind of wildly kind of creative new worlds uh, almost um mm-hmm. and uh and that's quite fascinating to to see that um you know the, the the idea of you all kind of joining forces and throwing ideas back and forth you can uh, you can actually you can you can feel that in the, the vibe of those books
2: yeah i think that's definitely there uh, in fact sometimes we have to be careful not to sort of start thinking about ideas that are too similar to each other. (laughs) Otherwise we're just stepping on each other's toes there. Uh, But, but, but I mean, there's always discussion, right? So we're always calling each other, Oh, did you read that book? I've been reading this. It's great. And so if you're kind of reading and are influenced by similar things, uh, you're going to be thinking about stories in a, in a, in a similar space. So I guess part of it is that, but, I think also we're we're trying very hard to each build our own voice uh, in comics mm-hmm. as well. So hopefully there's enough commonality, but also enough differences there to to make the work really interesting. Oh, definitely,
0: and yeah, absolutely. And I think it's um it's funny you mentioned Vertigo because I think you you definitely get that kind of vibe from it. Like Vertigo had a very a very um very unif- uh, unique aesthetic that was all that like, was kind of unique to that imprint really um yet all the all the separate separate issues separate series were all so distinct from each other and yet you could you could tell straight away that something was a vertigo book you know so it's, it's that similar kind of aesthetic
2: yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely
0: so um so what's your what's yeah, your what's your origin what's uh, what's your origin story like how did you uh, how did you get into comics
2: well, I, actually, my origin story is probably really cliché <laughs> uh, comic book origin bit story. Bitten by, I bit I by a spider, a yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I genuinely used to oh, be wow. a scientist. I used to be a chemical engineer. Really? Um, and I, I, yeah. Um, and um, I was doing research and uh, I used to market chemicals to oil companies. Uh, and then I was... <laughs> um, That's
1: really cool. I,
2: in 20, 2011, I kind of got tired of doing that um, and I'd also been traveling a lot uh, and, I, and I'd been writing um, since I was a kid really um, and I had a few short stories uh, published with anthologies and e-publications and such. Um, eventually I think somewhere around end of 2011 I got to the point where I was like okay I'm not enjoying my work but I really enjoy writing so and I've had some measure of success as an amateur so maybe I should really give it a go um and that's kind of how that switch happened um i hadn't i didn't get into writing going i'm gonna write comics that happened later um i was in the states and uh, a friend of mine sort of dropped the first volume of sandman in my lap and went you mm-hmm. should read that um and i read that and it kind of it blew my mind and it did things for me that comics hadn't done uh in a very long time i used to read comics as a kid um and and well, after I'd read that, I was like, "Okay, definitely want to read more." And so I devoured, and that's really where I devoured everything—from you know, Game and More, Ennis, Ellis, Morrison, mm-hmm. and everything—and that was that was my sort of uh, rediscovery of comics. Um, that brought
0: wow! Me. Yeah, that's some uh, some big names to be uh, to be influenced by. If you're gonna be uh, if you're gonna be reading anyone, those are some excellent comics.
2: Yeah, I mean. It, it's easy now to f- fall into that, and it's kind of strange. I, I've always had this sense of wonder when, when things like this happen, where everything you like seems to be connected. Um, yeah. So you know, I'd read I'd read Sandman and, and I'd read Watchmen separately, and then discovered that uh, Gaiman got his first sort of chance into uh, Vertigo, and more recommended him for uh, for a stint on Swamp Thing. Uh, and so I realized, oh well, cool. Uh, Gaiman and Moore were connected. And then um, I discovered that Arkham um, from Morrison and Dave McKean uh, has a panel where McKean used uh, Neil Gaiman as a photo reference for right, yeah, yeah. Batman in that book. <laughs> mm-hmm. So but, well, you can, you can see that they're all part of of, of a scene. Um, and that's kind of interesting to see. So I'm definitely influenced by work from that era and work from those creators.
0: Yeah, like I mean, comics are such a small world, anyway, aren't they? <laughs> everyone, everyone knows everyone else. It's yeah, always yeah. fascinating how like uh, like six degrees of separation. I think most people only need like two <laughs> to get uh, to get from one side of comics to the other.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm still just discovering that. You have to remember, I didn't, I had no exposure to international comics until maybe 2014. Uh, which is when I moved mm. here. Um, so, the first time I came here, the first time I went to a convention here, I was like, I was amazed that all of these creators that I only sort of admired from, from a whole continent away were were in the same convention. I was like, oh, man. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it's it's it still fills me. It's a sort of awe and surprise when I run into people. Um, I don't think that will ever go away. Um, but but yeah, I agree. Comics is really small, and and the sheer number of people that I've gotten to know over these past uh, two or three years has been pretty. Yeah, amazing. that's awesome.
0: So um so Paradiso, we um you were kind enough for, to send us a uh, a, re- a preview copy of the uh, of the first issue, uh, which we uh, we both read uh, kind of devoured, really enjoyed. Um, but um yes. yeah, I wanted to uh, Wes, what were your uh, what were your thoughts on uh, on the first issue?
1: For one thing, this has one of the most unique, like, in general, visual and storytelling. It had me just enthralled. It, Thanks. it definitely, like when I first started, it's like, okay, I this is this is pretty cool. And then, then by the end, I'm like, oh my lord, this, this and like this cat's building a freaking world within the span of one. Because I love, I'm a I'm a sucker for good good world building. Right. If, I'm a sucker for it. I love it. If you can get me sucked into your world within one issue, I'm like, okay, batting down the hatches. Let's do this thing. I'm ready. I am ready. Let's see what what happens here. Because, I mean, it's it's like I love I I really like your like your writing style is very very cool. Like it has a very I don't know, it's very it's just very it's got a, it's got a very cool vibe to it. And that's what oh, I, you. that's what caught my attention. And I like, and I also like how you're, how you, bring, how you work with your characters. Like, like I have to go back and remind look at over your, your character's name. Oh, oh oh, uh, hang on. Oh, Jack. I yeah. love how you set up Jack. I love that. I love how you kind right. of set him up and now you explore how his, how he works within the issue. I'm like, this guy's fascinating. Like the whole aspect of runaway Jack. I'm like, Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, it's
1: caught my eye.
2: I mean, that's that's part of um, what I like doing with with the world. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm kind of glad you mentioned the world building first, um, and almost how uh, quickly the issue kind of escalates, if you will. Not not in terms of action, but it it escalates in terms of at least conceptually, because you, you begin quite simply with with, with this kind of flashback. Um, and then it very quickly turns into like a whole world, uh, as you said. But um, I think I think world building like that is only successful um, and doesn't feel heavy handed if you are on on some level constantly invested with the character that's yeah. taking you mm. through that world. Um, and so it's it's interesting that you mentioned Jack of all the other characters because there's definitely you know other characters that are cooler to look at or, or more interesting in terms of what they're doing um and jack just seems to be this kind of I'm still discovering things around me um and I feel that's like personally I enjoy writing that kind of character who's mm-hmm. who's not heroic who's not particularly um sort of already amazing uh, and able to do a lot of things Uh, but just you know has a curious mind has a good heart if you will um and i like to see these characters kind of turn into um more defined and formed things like they pick up bruises and and they pick up scars and they change as the story unfolds Mm. i
1: i also want to mention like another character i i'm really kind of i also digging how uh Noira, yeah. I, I really did, I actually kind of dig her, and I kind of dig how she kind of starts playing to the story. And I'm like, she intrigues me. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see where she goes as this, and then how, it, you're kind of like, every character kind of builds on top of the other, like, it's like Jack, like, like, like when Jack starts, when he goes to the Hello Paradiso scene, yeah. and it's like this gorgeous double-page spread, you're like, yeah. oh, my heart. Yeah. oh my freaking heart and yeah that's all dave, that's
2: all dave that's his work uh he's amazing that's,
1: dave is like I, I was actually i was actually afraid i was gonna butcher his name but when you said dave i'm like okay i <laughs> I, I did not want to butcher that, poor man, that poor i was like i don't want because matt and i before you came on we were like I do not want to butcher <laughs> yeah we, name.
0: Don't, we don't know anyone's <laughs> names
1: i was so afraid of butchering name because i really like the art i was like I don't want to put your name because <laughs> I really like his
2: art. No, I think I think it's fine. I think it's actually a simpler name to pronounce than it seems. Uh, that it seems <laughs> to be. Uh, it's just Brilliant. Dave. Brilliant. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just the the way this book kind of develops. It's just one of those. Ah, oh, it's it's just got and it's got so it's just and also the scent, like the one thing I also wanted to to really dive into is mm-hmm. like like your. Uh, Let's see your like your colorist that yeah. you have on here. Yeah. Holy crap. Uh the uh D di- 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 durr- Please
0: durr- don't
1: let durr- me wait. it's Diablo. Diabla. Yeah. Durr-Bla. <laughs> and uh and Kelly and uh, Alex Salazo, I mean, that colors are beautiful in this thing.
2: Holy yeah, God. yeah. Like, I mean I've I've always had I'm, a really tough time finding the right colors for the right project. Uh, and I think uh, Dave's art is particularly challenging uh, to color because it's so textured and it's so detailed and it has mm-hmm. so much going on um, that, I mean, most often I've, I'll show it to artists and they will go, you don't need to color this because he's just done everything uh, that you would need in a book. Um, so to find the colors who can take that and still add storytelling to the book, Mm-hmm. Is, is really hard and really rare. And we found that with Alex um, on the first few pages. Uh, and then unfortunately, after we'd pitched the book, Alex was like, I've got I've got personal scheduling issues and I really need to step out. Um, okay. And at the time, uh, I had seen Dervla's work online and I realized that she has very much the same kind of painterly touch that Alex did. And so I kind of pulled them both into an email and went, Alex, can you tell her what you did with the first few pages of <laughs> Can you take that and just turn it into something that, you, that that's your own? Uh, and and that's what you see in the issue. So I think they've both done a stellar stellar job um, with the colors.
1: It, yeah, like especially like especially like they said that's what caught my eye because it's like it's because it's like that the from the Paradiso from the Paradiso the double page. Yeah, and then you get and then when you start getting introduced to like these. Like these like um soldier assassin things.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I I love I was like the design. Yeah. In I my head like, I oh, call them
0: cyber pirates. Love-
1: <laughs> the cyber pirates. Yeah, that's good. Like, that's good. They've they've got a lot of they've got a lot of
2: nicknames nobody, now. Um Yeah, yeah. I mean officially they're called guardians. Ah, okay. Um and but nobody knows um where they came from or why they are designed, the way they're designed, or or what they do, why they're there, and we'll discover that as the story goes along. But yeah, they're they're definitely one of the coolest things about Paradiso, yeah. and you'll see you'll see a lot of them. Yeah,
1: I I can't wait to see like when I can't wait to see as the series goes on, like how Paradiso looks in the like how the city looks and how and how like the entire like what the city how how the city operates and more as to where it goes together, because we get a little hint of stuff. Yeah. But just enough to make you go, okay, this is going to be cool. But we don't know how cool it's going to get until later. And that's pretty awesome that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely a big fan of building up stories. And I was discussing this with uh, the white noise guys earlier today. And that um, there is now a tendency to just, you know, in in comics and movies to just, give you all the information up front hmm. um, and I think I think stories lose that sense of discovery um, I mean for me uh, a great part of reading reading a good story is um, I mean apart from enjoying the story itself is that every page turn you're you're discovering something um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and and almost like I've, I've had this childish sense of wonderment every time you know I read something like Dune or um, I read something like Stanislav Lems, Solaris, some of my favorite sci-fi books, Mm. you're reading that and every page you're discovering something new every page is um, sort of denying your previous conclusions and making you ask more questions uh, until it all comes together Um, and I think that is somewhat of a lost art um, in especially in like new commercial uh, movies and comics I feel like I'm definitely a big fan of that kind of storytelling. Uh, If you're gonna, you're gonna enjoy this issue, but the the scale and scope of the story that goes over the entire arc, like you have not even begun scratching the surface.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. Like, I mean, that's and that was what I I really enjoyed about kind of the opening to the book as well. Um, was just the the idea that, as you say, like there are a lot of books that just kind of give you give you everything as soon as you walk in and yeah. go this is this and this is that and some some books you know take that kind of concept and run with it and you know they're a lot of fun but then there are other books uh yeah. you know a lot like paradiso that's uh you know i i i don't know about you guys, but i started reading this and you know you you kind of you you have a not an expectation but you kind of you there's a there's a structure or there's kind of a um uh a pattern to to reading comics, you know. When you read a lot of comics, you know, you kind of get get a sense of a rhythm of something, and uh, and this was not this was something that uh, that instantly made you you know makes you go right. Well, I, I need to I need to pay attention to this, you know. Like every 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 sentence is like, well, this is this is another piece of the puzzle kind of thing, and it's uh, that instantly grabs you, and it instantly kind of makes you go right. Well, I, I I have no idea what's going on, you know. That's kind of it's intentional, you know. There's all these new phrases and new kind of ideas that are being thrown at you, um, and that, Um, And that's something that I think is, uh, you know, that continues through the through the book. There's no, you know, you don't sit there and go, you know, you don't have these kind of big kind of Claremont panels or, you know, um, kind of dialogue boxes that say these are the guardians. You know, they do this. They they came from here (laughs) and they've been doing this for so many years. You know, you're literally just in the middle of a conversation with these with these two yeah 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 you don't have any of that it literally is just you know these this is where they are and uh, and this is what they look like yeah. but they're they're just having a you know you're almost listening in on a conversation and you've you've got no idea who they are who they're talking about and one of
2: them one of them doesn't even speak yeah
0: so. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah this is one one's having a conversation with someone else that doesn't even speak he just speaks with his actions like he just pulls a huge knife out um uh, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah brilliant so um is i mean that's like it feels very much like and i think you know we'll talk about kind of paradiso the the city in, in a little bit i'm sure but um, you know it, it feels like the the world exists already and it feels like we're just kind of dropping in on it um and it it feels as though you know again it's not you, you're not just kind of leading from a to b to c like we're already right in the middle of you know LMNOP. <laughs> We're kind of right in the middle of the alphabet, and you just kind to of dropped us in, and it's it, and that's what I love about it. And like, it's kind of that you are. The <laughs> language. Yes, yeah, so it's just kind of. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's just literally just um just kind of dropped into the into the middle of it. Like, how um, you know, how does that how does that come about as a, as a writer? You know, where do you where do you decide to kind of start your story? You know, how do you how do you build this kind of world up?
2: Um, yeah, uh, so so a couple of choices went into that, um, really, and I suppose the first choice is um, again all, all choices for me are driven by character, um, and so the first choice I had to make was you know who's my who's my vehicle for telling mm-hmm. the story, um, who am I gonna who am I gonna follow, and who who who's gonna be the the kind of thread that everyone else ties into, um, as the story goes on. And that was Jack. Uh, and so it made sense to start at a point where Jack has his first encounter with the city, uh, which is when he arrives at the border. Um, and so that seemed like a good place to start. Um, but as for the world already feeling lived in and, and existing, um, and, and feeling fleshed out, part of the reason for that is because, um, Paradiso was originally conceived as just a, just a concept. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a story about Jack or, or Guardians or any, any such thing. Uh, it's basically two amateur writers, um, me and, a, and an architect friend of mine uh, called Raji Pukka, sitting down over, over drinks going, we should build uh, a world for stories set inside a living city. Um, and that, and we did that, I think, somewhere around 2010 or 2011, uh, so almost six years ago. And we began writing just short stories and vignettes set inside the city. Um, and each of these short stories, like there were stories about um, sentient sort of protecting dogs with magical powers roaming around the city. And there were stories about these guardians. Um, so Dandy and Honeybad both started. As, as stories um, written for this city. And uh, they had no connection whatsoever to each other or any other characters. And then once we had those stories written, as you said, we had this world. And then we kind of mm-hmm. decided, okay, let's drop a story into this world.
0: Mm. That's really cool.
2: Uh, and so That's- building it that way, I think, adds to the sense of this world exists outside of this comic and the story and I think I think good writing always does that you realize that the story you're reading um is just one part of a much larger much more complex world
0: yeah it almost almost sounds like the the city itself is a character as well by the signs of things
2: yes I think I think that's that's definitely uh the larger conceit of parody so is that the city herself is is a character um, and she has her own motivation, she has her own reasons for doing what she's doing, uh, she has her own reasons for taking an interest in Jack, uh, and they're not necessarily very nice or very uh, altruistic uh, reasons either. So um, I think we'll begin to discover that, really. Um, probably the first two issues, you're, you're just following Jack and you're taking in this new world, but, but issue three onwards, you start discovering um, the fact that there is something deeper going on inside of parody. Cell.
0: Mm.
2: um, and I, I, like the idea that the city is alive and, but she's immature uh, because she's, she's a newborn technically. <laughs> um, and, and she may, she's still discovering how she works. So she may be sort of, you know, flexing her fingers and she may end up destroying a, a hundred lives because of it. If you, if you think about the sheer scale of how her actions affect the people who live within her uh, and so there are things like that that we explore um as the story goes on
0: that's yeah, yeah. that's awesome
1: yeah it, it especially because that's me like and that's why the like it almost makes sense to the quote you have at the beginning of the book the uh from Italo yeah. calvino the calvino they, yeah. calvino the uh invisible mm-hmm. cities quote the arriving at each new city the traveler finds again a past of his that he did not know he had i'm like <laughs> ooh that yeah, really it does, yeah. fits now considering that what you just mentioned. I'm like, okay, that fits. Yeah.
2: Perfectly. I think that was really um, the quote that encapsulated a lot of things that I wanted to do. Um, you will realize as you read the issues that that quote is far more uh, literal uh, than, than you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, but also uh, in that, as I was saying, that the sense of discovery is something that's very important to me, and so I think with every issue, as you arrive on page one, you're, you're setting out on a, on, on a journey of, of discovering new things about the world uh, itself.
0: Yeah, I think I feel what, what I like about this about this book is um, from this one issue. You know, you can tell you can tell that you've got a lot of um, a lot of ideas that you've you've put into. Into this because every it's almost like every page has got a brand new idea, and it's almost like I want to follow that thread and find out more about that character, about why that person's the way that is. But then I turn the page and it's it's something else that's brand new, and I want to follow that thread as well. So before long, there's like a, a whole kind of web of these characters and concepts that uh, that are all kind of playing out. That you know, obviously by the, by the by the structure of the book and what you're talking about, that how you how you designed mm-hmm. you know Paradiso as a city and stuff. You've obviously got a lot of the a lot of these ideas and concepts already, you know, fleshed out and and worked through in your head, and it's just about kind of putting them in. Sometimes, as it, but looks at things as like a backdrop. You know, there's this. Fascinating character, and I, I talked to rhino O'Sullivan about it as well because uh, Klaus put a lot of a lot of like weird and wonderful aliens in the background of Void Trip, and I said, uh, so one of the things I loved mm-hmm. about that book was just the fact that I wanted to know the stories behind every single one of those background characters, like just characters that just wander past in the background, and uh, and I get that kind of vibe from yeah. this as well. Like yeah. there are people in it that I'm looking at and going, what's his story? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, who? What's he all about? And it's just like a background character, or you know. You know, someone that's just there, or you know, someone that I imagine. Like all of these will get kind of fleshed out as the as the uh, as the series goes on.
2: Yeah, I mean, I definitely tend to be very particular about revealing things uh, in the story. So, um, and I did this. I I I did a series called Wiggins with Action Lab before this, um, which a few people read, and uh, the the thing they pointed out with that was. The fact that there were no swirl-away reveals. Uh, so I don't do I don't do scenes that have no reason to exist outside of those hmm. two or three pages. No, it'll all come back at some point. Maybe four issues later, you'll discover something you missed on the first scene yeah. in the first issue. And then you go, Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. And I genuinely love I mean, uh, may- maybe maybe this is this is weird, but I love making readers do a little bit of work uh, because I love doing that um, in in the kind of uh, fiction and, and content mm-hmm. that I consume. I like having to look up things. I like having to go back and refer to things as long as it doesn't ruin the, the flow of the story. Um, and so, I like doing that in my comics as well, where you know, you might have seen like a two page thing, um, in, in an issue. And then three issues later that you realize that two page thing was far more important than, than it mm. seemed. Um, and so there's definitely a lot of that going on, uh, and you'll see it within the first arc itself. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, there's definitely a reason for all of these characters to exist. Uh, and some of them, are far more important than they appear to be i mean if you if you look at issue one noira and herself um the first scene that you meet her she comes across as this really sweet person um and then end of that scene you're, you're going hmm hmm. and then toward the end of the book you're like oh my god you totally betrayed <laughs> him so
0: <laughs> yeah that i mean that, i love that and I, I love that kind of idea of um you know a book that makes you work because i think you know if i if i go into a book like that and i and i do you know i do follow that up and i do the work for it it means that i'm excited it means that i'm i'm into it It means i'm kind of i'm drawn in definitely um and also like seeing all these breadcrumbs being laid out or kind of like the 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 jigsaw pieces of a, of a of a grander plan like I yeah. there's a certain amount of trust that I then put in the the author because I'm kind of like well I, I I know that they know what they're doing you know and I think that's uh you know when when yeah. things play out ABC you know there, there's a there's a good chance that whoever's writing it doesn't know where where it's going or ju- he's just kind of making it up yeah. as they go along which you know obviously uh, you know everyone is to a certain degree but um but you know the the idea that you you're laying out these plans like the first couple of pages as like it's quite um dense as it kind of drops you in the middle of it and um and then as you go through all these characters are introduced you know that there's no there's no rhyme or reason to them They they're you know to us as readers they're just they're kind of they're there they they have intentions that are their own and stuff and um, but knowing that you know that or knowing that you know the, the author has that kind of plan is, uh, is very exciting.
2: Yeah Yeah, and definitely that plan exists. Um, and I mean it's kind of a, from a technical point of view, uh, writing the plot, it's very useful to do that um, because I, I suppose, as you said, there is an element of making stuff up um, to, to plotting, um, and I have to leave myself room to be able to make stuff up that I haven't originally planned. Um, and so it becomes very useful to, to have characters who each have their own motivations. Um, no, one's, no one's going along because they're a team. Everyone's in it for themselves, yeah. at least at the beginning. You know, no one trusts anyone else. No one loves anyone else yet. Um, and so that becomes very instrumental because I can go on and, and if, I've, if I've written myself into into a sort of cul-de-sac, if you will, all I need to do is like trigger the underlying motivation for, for a tertiary character and make that important. And all of a sudden your plot's twisting and turning away from the <laughs> cul-de-sac and going in a completely new direction. Um, and so that really helps uh, to have... Strong characters who have strong motivations of their own, uh, and not necessarily all aligned towards sort of that kind of binary. These are the good guys. Those are the bad guys. Kind mm. of
0: thing. Yeah. Cool. You mentioned that you um you came up with this idea, or you you started this idea with your friend. Uh, is it Rajiv? Um, who's a, like an architect yeah. you mentioned so um did, did did a lot of that kind of did his, his skills as an architect come into play when you were kind of designing the the world you know what kind of what kind of, um, what kind of uh, skills did that yeah, bring absolutely.
2: into it i mean he's, uh, he's an architect and also an urban designer, so part of his job is to think about part of his job is to think about how cities and the people who live in them interact mm. Um, and I, I mentioned this in an in interview, a email interview I did a couple of days ago that, because they said, you know, cities have always affected human lives and, and have influenced humanity. But but I think that's a far more reciprocal relationship in that, you know, you could have an abandoned canal that, you know, 50 years ago was was an important source of water for the city. And then today is like a, A makeshift skateboarding rink. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. that fundamentally changes what it means to the city. It changes the kind of people who go there. It changes the problems that people have around it. It changes the kind of um, encouragement it provides to the people who are there. So you know, you may you may end up having incredible skateboarding talents or incredible artists doing art on skateboards or, or, or street art cropping up on these walls that you would have never had had it still been a canal um, that kind that kind of relationship where people define what a city becomes not necessarily a city is not necessarily defined by its function that kind of uh input uh i think is very important, and it's a huge contribution that Rajiv had uh, to the story. Uh, so like he had that. a lot to, yeah, yeah, he had a lot to contribute conceptually. And apart from that, obviously, there are characters that he's designed, um, like a couple of the Guardians are, are his designs. Uh, there are characters, really? that I've yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were so both, cool. uh, we were both sort of big uh, science fiction fantasy nerds uh, when yes. we were <laughs> when we were in college. Uh, and so it's definitely it's definitely a co-created
1: world, if you will. Like the urban architecture thing fascinated me when you caught that because mm. I, I always find it fascinating how people repurpose stuff. and, and that's why because like in, in like in my neck of the woods, there was like a city that was once this like kind of like dry, dry, dry and dreary kind of downtown area. And then recently they tore down a building, revamped it, turned into a small community park, added the community garden wow and they just completely changed and i'm like that's interesting And now and they've added like all these like artist studio art like artist studio apartments and like art like art stores and like yeah. a bakery and yeah. all that so they they completely turned it into something completely different than than what it was like a few years ago
2: yeah and and, and... That, it's it's super interesting to even observe in real life the kind of butterfly effect that has on, you know, things that are maybe you know, three subway stops away from this place, whereas you might have seen um, a different kind of atmosphere uh, ten years ago. Now you'll find that the kind of people who go on the subway have completely changed. The kind of people who are living in the area have completely changed, mm-hmm. and that kind of that kind of difference is 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 part of what makes up the personality of a city. Um, and so, exactly. which brings us to kind of the larger theme of what we're trying to do with Paradiso is say that, imagine if, if, if a city came alive and tried to understand who she was, um, she would not be able to define herself. And I say she, because we're, we're treating Paradiso um, as, a, as a female. Um, she would not be able to define herself without first understanding the people who live within her because she would realize that i'm not i'm not my function i'm not a set of roads and bridges and buildings i am who these people want me to be on some level hmm. and also the people define themselves like you know people go around saying i'm a new yorker i'm a londoner i'm a, I'm a mumbaiite so people define themselves by the city that they come from too so it's almost like this reciprocal definition where one cannot exist without the other
1: that's interesting because it's like like when i was telling you about like my area i mean it's like like when they, when they started adding like the different art store and stuff like that and now for the first time ever my area has a comic store yeah that had never happened before and it's like we got a comic store now we we never had a comic store like <laughs> like now i have a comic store like like maybe like a couple miles away from me when yeah like went back in the day used to be like i had to travel a good bit to hit a comic store like they were still relatively close by but now it's like there's a comic store just down down like barely 10 15 minutes away from me
2: yeah yeah.
1: and maybe maybe now
2: there's some 10 year old kid who who lives across from the comic book store who will be like a super cool artist or creator you know yeah now and he's never been there
0: yeah and that's it like the the people that the people around that area will be influenced by that comic store and then likewise that comic store probably wouldn't have set up shop there had the people not you know demanded it and so it, it is like it is very kind of uh almost like a chicken and egg kind of situation isn't it really where you don't know you don't know which influences which to the point where it almost doesn't matter like you know you have this kind of um you know ecosystem of of people that just kind of like a like a cyclical um yeah. you know relationship where you know you you give and take to it and i think that's uh that's like a fascinating concept and it's it's really kind of um it, like you talk about the kind of the skate park and stuff and that's almost like it's evolving you know almost like the 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 landscape is changing in kind of unpredictable unpredictable ways yeah. and like uh you know the 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 people are defining what the city is but the city is you know, defining the people as well. It's 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 like a great kind of so, symbiosis. So
2: now imagine imagine the city looking at that as her body, and her body constantly changes depending on what the people want it to be. Um, and so, so I think that's a super super interesting concept. There, yeah. there's definitely there's definitely a story arc based on on that very idea that everything changes depending on the people who are living there. So.
1: Because you could do stories of like like the city. Because it's interesting. Like when I, because I never, I when I went to Chicago for the first time mm-hmm. and getting to see a really big city. Cause I never had been to Chicago before, and I never had right. been. To, I never had seen like for the first time. So seeing like a city like that, a hu- like and just and seeing like a huge city, like with like levels and like th- three different levels of like city to wander around and like a river bait and like a river bank, and you're like and that you can walk around and. Yeah see like different food stuff and stuff like that. And you're going, this thing really is a living break. Cause cities are living, breathing things of their own. Yeah. I mean, Everything's like everyone's like, and everyone has a story within this city and it's like, and whenever someone adds something new to it or some small little thing, that small little thing can blossom out into something yeah. much more than anyone could have expected.
2: Yeah. And, and yet, these are place. these are immortal these are immortal things compared to our lifetimes. Um, but also they're influenced by us. So that's that's like a really beautiful relationship for me. Uh, mm. and and, and it, like a huge I, motivation behind why we're writing this.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it is fascinating because like you think about different cities and, and different cities that you go to have they've got their own Kind of personalities, personalities haven't they, yeah, and like that, and that's exactly. not you know when you talk about kind of as you west just talked about Chicago, you know you don't talk about the people of Chicago, you talk about the city of Chicago is this, you know the that's city it. is this, the city is that, and like, and that's and that's like very influenced again by architecture isn 't it, because you know if, if someone wants to build like a new a new skyscraper in New York, like it has to fit in with the mm-hmm it has to fit in with the personality of new york you know so if someone if someone you know brings a design to the table and it doesn't suit it doesn't suit mm-hmm. new york it doesn't suit the, the or it doesn't suit chicago or you know or london or wherever then then it doesn't get the approval and it's like it's it's such a strange concept to think of yeah, it, becomes, it becomes
2: it exactly.
1: becomes like the, the walkie talkie yeah
0: right? and yeah like, that? i like
1: it. yeah the, the, the pumpkin, Ooh, hear, i, I want to hear about this cool I, I, I don't know about this, so I want to hear about this. this is like...
2: uh, so, so it, it won like a like, like the the architectural equivalent of the Darwin Awards. It won like the worst architectural.
0: <laughs> yes, award, yeah. uh,
2: a, a couple of wow. years ago, and it's a really expensive, really sort of snazzy looking building, but um, it just doesn't fit uh, in 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 so many ways. It doesn't fit the architecture mm. of London, uh, and. It had like this, I mean, an interesting quirk of its design was it it has this weirdly concave surface. And so when the sunlight hits it, it focuses all of that light onto some random spot on a road and there were cars parked on that road and and the interiors of these cars melted. because the wow. building was focusing Yeah, that was crazy. It is so
1: amazing. I just found a picture. But that can only happen in a modern city. Yeah. You see yeah. that? Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I, that's what I was. when You heard the typing. That's, I was looking up the. I was looking up to see what it looked like, and I was like, "Oh, I can see it." Yeah, walkie-talkie. <laughs> <Wow. totally>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is fascinating because it, it. And and then it's like on a smaller scale. It's like like we have like like in some and parts of my area, it's like there's like another city just. A little bit further away that like, if someone say, interesting example, like say someone won, like they were like, they're when like Walmart was going to build a store, store there. And they said, they're like, well, you got to build it to our, you got to make it look like our area. But, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. we have a Walmart. We don't want to have to, you have to make it look like our area, but, (laughs) but we're a Walmart. We don't have to, You got to make it look nice. It's like, but yeah, yeah. Screw it. So, so in that, so it's like this one area, in this one, this Walmart has like brick, has like brick on it, and it looks like the posh, the most posh looking Walmart you've ever seen in your entire freaking life, <laughs> because because the uh, city of make, the city like, because like the city that uh, city of Mason basically said, gotta make it look nice. Fine, <laughs> I'm making it look nice. I like that. So, you got to respect so, that. And it's like makes so, it. Yeah, I mean, but that's part of that's
2: part of the personality of the city. Is just people coming together and going, "No, you yeah. can't do this."
1: Yeah, make it look nice. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so in every area. I mean, that's that's why it's like because that's so that's why so that's when you start mentioning about cities and having the personalities. And by the way, I I'd be remiss to mention since I did mention it's my my town of Hamilton here. I mentioned the comic shop. Hi, Brian. <laughs> I these are great comics.
0: Yeah. out, yeah. <laughs> I had
1: to mention the comic shop and. Yeah, good. Always mention the company yeah, like, he's he's actually a relatively new shop here, and I I and whenever I mention his shop, I nice. always like give him a quick plug. I've given him, like a couple plugs on the show actually. So whenever I mention it, I go, "Hi, Brian." <laughs> so
2: no, it's great, man. Like you know, for for some for someone like that's a new creator like me, um, I've had tremendous support from from retailers in in London, oh. um, who have really been my sort of first port of call because. I didn't know what the direct market was. I didn't know what like FOCs <laughs> were and, and all that. And I had to figure all of that stuff out. And I mean, I, I just walked up to retailers. So I went, like, explain this to me. Help me understand, Master.
0: <laughs> it's such <laughs> a scary like concept to, to kind of wrap your head around. It's It's just so bizarre. Like the whole the whole like diamond distribution, and all that kind of stuff, it's just uh, so uniquely comics, isn't it? Yeah, just like trying to wrap your head around it.
2: It is, it is. I mean it's like you've it's like you've developed your own language of, of yeah, trade yeah. almost
1: um and that's why because because nobody nobody
2: outside understands any of this mm-hmm. stuff like i tell people oh yeah i have to solicit three months before my issue yeah. i'm
1: like why <laughs> you know i could explain it to you but then i would have to learn like, a whole yeah. new language i mean i it's like i've been going around comic shops since since like for like over 10 years or so and that's and it's like mm-hmm. and just when i think oh i have this stuff figured out i learn a new thing and i'm like what yeah what is and it? Yeah. And like anyone who's ever who I've ever talked to that that's run the comic shop, they always tell me a new story, and it's always they're like, Oh, yeah, you want to hear this one? Oh, no. <laughs> and but but it's actually interesting how, um, but it's like interesting how when you deal with like especially like like a new creator like yourself, and mm-hmm. you almost have to cut you're kind of like between like people like us who are talking about your book, and like we and also we're kind of like telling people, No, check this out, this is really good. And, and, and then, and then I'll like, whenever, when I get up to future grades soon, I'll be like, Hey, Brian, you're going to want to order this book. Cause you're going to check this out because you, this book's really cool. Like knowing. him. Yeah. How- yeah.
2: I mean, I think, I think that's regardless of what you're doing, I think that's probably the most powerful force in, in people learning uh, or getting to know your book and, and learning about your work uh, is the best way to do that is to have other people, appreciate it and tell other people that mm. they know. Um, and so I still believe that that's probably one of the best ways of, of uh, getting word out about the book, but um, totally appreciate what retailers do because Oh man! I mean, if I was someone who was relatively new to comics and um, as as a reader and let's face it, comics definitely needs a great influx of new readers mm-hmm. constantly. Um, I, I, I always feel like, there should be more people from different backgrounds, different sort of uh, parts of life always come into a comic book store and reading more comics. Yeah. Um, and and if that's to be the case, then then I think the brick and mortar retailers are definitely like the first port of call because they know, they know what to recommend to people. Even if people come in and go, I have a vague idea of the kind of stuff that I like to read, but I don't know what to do with comics yeah know? yeah
1: I, yeah and and it's interesting how like like that's one thing about like comics like when you're like your book's kind of like like a very like a like a sci-fi wonderland book and very like i i wouldn't call it hearts like what was when it's style of sci-fi would you consider your book ram like would you consider it kind of i wouldn't consider it hard sci-fi, hard sci-fi. Okay, to that's be what honest. i was
2: thinking i,
1: was, I wasn't I, sure. I think i tend to use sci-fi
2: more as uh, a, an instrument to examine people, uh, and so the sci-fi in the world exists, but it it only exists to examine these characters and the city itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's definitely not hard sci-fi. Uh, I'd probably say it's dystopian sci-fi with an element
1: of fantasy and drama. I dig it. Yeah. I I think, and I think that's why, and I think that's why I love about seeing all these new genres hitting comics because the first people were, for the longest time, people were like. Wow, we are really stuck in like, like one like most people were kind of like laser focused in the superhero, and then mm-hmm. and then they were laser focused and then they and then then sort of like and then and here's Vertigo kind of quietly building up this little like cool little universe like 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 it's gonna I'm gonna take a weird little deep dive but like back in like the like when I researched back in like the late like late eighties DC at one point they were trying out all sorts of different genres mm-hmm. like they were playing around yeah. like a sci fi book playing around with like a manga esque book, playing around with all these different ideas and then and then even and then as the nineties went on, Vertigo was was still playing around with all these little cool ideas and throwing this thing out there and that thing out there. And and then nothing ever could quite and then and then suddenly the past few years it has been an explosion of new genres that people are going It's like now like now you can go to the comic store and you can find you can find a sci-fi book. You can find a fantasy book. You can find like you can like for any for any companies like you can find like each book like like kind of like hey you want that sci-fi book there you go you want that fantasy book there there yeah. you go it's like there's like it's like a much more yeah and uh, i think
2: i think the past few years has also been sort of really groundbreaking in terms of um authors coming up and saying i don't want to be hemmed in by a genre. I don't want to do just a crime book. I want to do a crime and, and sci-fi or a crime yeah, and supernatural yeah. book. I want to do a I wanna do a sci-fi book that's really about loss and grief and it's really about human beings and not about the science of it. Um, and so so I think that kind of disregarding of because the, the whole the whole idea of genres really only came up because people needed to know where to put a book <laughs> in, a, in a bookshop
1: and, and um, that's weird and it is weird because like like right now it's like like i would say like like i i, I do day a good bit of like the cool genre blending that's been happening like even from yeah. in every sort of media that they're yeah. playing around with like sci-fi crime or and they're playing around all these different ideas and what's kind of and what's interesting when you go into like a bookshop and it's just like well here's and it's like when you go into like a main bookshop it's like they say a barnes and noble here and it's like graphic mm. novel yeah okay and then and it's like you almost think you wish you would kind of and they're and they're sort of playing around with like having like here's this site and then i'm like you know maybe we like we should start really separating them out into like i i i don't know. there's a, there should be a way to play around with this a little bit more because like you can't really define like genres like help help people figure out with some of them and then it's like but this is a sci-fi yeah yeah and this or this is I like mean, I, this I genuinely feel like, feel like
2: like people in bookshops know more about the books no that they more. carry and so they don't really have to put them on shelves that have labels on there instead of and instead of doing that they can come up and say if you like this kind of stuff here's something that combines yeah. everything you like and and it doesn't need to be sci-fi that i mean I like that. you could if someone someone likes science fiction and you happen to hand them orcs and Crake by Margaret Atwood that's still science fiction but mm-hmm. It's not. It's not the science fiction that you would go. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, not like if you, you like Star Trek, you'll so, like Oryx and
0: Craig. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly,
2: exactly. Um,
1: I, I, I do like. I, I remember. It's like it's. It's like always. I always like one thing where, like, the one thing about talking to people about books is you don't. There's not. There's not one way to mm-hmm. peg of someone to recommend them something. That's what's really cool. It's more. Yeah. It's more one of those. Well, what do you like? And it's yeah. like. Well, I like da that, da da da. It's like. Well, okay, you like that, da 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 da. da, So you might just dig da 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 da. da, And but, and it's like, but tell me a little bit. And then so you kind of, it's kind of like also an aspect of getting And so that's why, and that's why I love like all these different books now. Because most of the time, like you would see some comic shops that would just see one person and go, "Okay, you'll like this." Yeah. But, well, but but I don't know about this. Like this isn't what I told you. You'll like this. Uh, you didn't even talk to me about (laughs) what I like, did you? It's like no. Like, and it's because, and it will, but now it's like you can tell, like, you can tell how now you tell people are starting to get more engaged. Like, you can tell there's more people out there getting more engaged with it. So they're actually going, Well, what do you like? And they're actually starting to talk to people more. And that's why, yeah, and that's there's, kind there's of, definitely that's more
2: information available, and definitely people willing to put in time into researching what they want and what they don't want. And, and so I think that's part of the reason why. Um, creators and authors are feeling more empowered about going to publishers and saying, "You know what? I want to do. I want to do a crazy, weird fiction book about some guy who rev- who who writes food reviews through interplanetary restaurants. Uh, that's an actual. That's an actual." Novel,
0: <laughs> by I was like, oh, "Wow, well, that's a great idea you've just come up with." <laughs>
1: No, no, so, Okay. So I, a, I now need to hunt this down because I actually do not know this book. Yeah. So I was gonna say, um, you know, I, I
2: follow, I follow a bunch of authors on Twitter. I follow Jeff Vandermeer on Twitter, and he made a recommendation of a of a book by an author called Matt Sedain. and it was called Hunters and Collectors. And I picked it up on on like complete speculation, I'm like, oh let's let's see how this reads, and it was so bizarre and so beautiful at the same time. I love that book. Um, yeah. Uh, so. More, more power to genre breaking. Yeah, absolutely.
1: More. I I want to read this now. Yeah, it that sounds, sounds great. Absolutely sounds fascinating too. <laughs> I, I I'm fascinated now because I I I I think I know it's like when I it's kind of interesting now when I when we're talking about this stuff and it gives me more aspects into your your Paradiso stuff and I'm just like I'm now getting it's like it's like it's kind of interesting when you start we started the interview and like now I was like oh this is really cool then we start being like oh my lord this this is really freaking cool. And it's like, because start cause they're getting more excited about Paradiso. They start hearing more about these influences that are kicking into this book. And you're like, Oh dude, this is awesome. Cause yeah, there's definitely, gonna, I, I, we're definitely
2: not afraid to go in, in weird directions with Paradiso. And you'll see that when we're going to do that, um, part of the plan is to do that with every arc. Um, so every arc of Paradiso is also sort of uh, an homage or a lens uh, using something from pop culture, that so so there's a there's a space vampires arc, there's a there's a noir jazz. <laughs> this is wild combination <laughs> arc. There's a there's a there's an homage oh, wow. to Sandman arc.
0: So. i love it because i'm starting to get the sense of like you know we talked about the idea of the or the theme of like a city being defined uh you know as a whole defined by many many smaller parts and i'm starting to get that sense with paradiso as well like this is going to be a book that's you know as as a whole cannot be defined but then it's defined by these these many smaller parts that are that kind of make up this whole um and that sounds fascinating and as you said like you know when you the way you the way you designed it the way you started this this story sounds like it's it's something that could just you know you could potentially explore this world forever you know you could write different stories about it for 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 years and years you know the kind of the
2: the and 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 that's how I feel about that's how I feel about cities I mean I have lived in you know Mumbai for for quite a while I lived in London for a few years now I lived in New York for a while. And I feel like it doesn't matter how long you've lived in a place. There's always something that you haven't found that you might find one day that you'll go, Oh, yeah. I didn't
1: know that existed. And that's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. It does. It, it, fa- and it's fascinating because you never quite know because you're like, You're thinking, Oh, this is a little small town. What? And I'm not going to find anything. Okay, where have you been hiding all my life? Yeah. And it's like, I've been here da 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 years. And how did I not? Go into you, see you, or find you until now. And yeah, probably,
2: we've always been here.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
2: like, yeah, but when, like I, that is so when I first moved to the States, uh, I studied chemical engineering there and I, I lived in Philadelphia for a while. And I remember walking into this place that was just a sort of repurposed shipping container. Uh, and then I walked in there and there was a jazz house and a jazz club with excellent food and live jazz playing there and i was like no one would know this place exists unless they decided to walk into repurposed shipping i
0: love that yeah i went to um i went to australia uh, a few years ago i went to melbourne and um and met up with a few friends there and like just people that lived there and they you know we went out for a meal and then we went for a few drinks and then they kind of took me to like the like chinatown uh, in melbourne and we went down this like alleyway Mm. that just literally looked like an alleyway between houses uh, and uh, between shops and then you see this kind of like big graffiti that's like pointing (laughs) and you look and there's this door like this kind of (laughs) weird door at the end of the alleyway like something in a harry potter And then you go inside and it's just this this club and it's just like i you know you you'd never know it was there unless you kind of you knew where to go for it it. And, and that's that's what i love about kind of you know cities like that where you just kind of you you discover these little kind of nuances to it. it's fascinating yeah it's awesome so um what's um what plans have you got for uh for the series moving forward then so you've got um you know how many how far ahead have you written the uh the the issues
2: uh well i've, I've outlined the entire story uh in that i know i know how it ends uh, I know all, all of my reveals, and I know what the arcs do uh, on their own, but I don't I don't outline beyond that until I start writing the actual issues. Um, and I've I've finished writing the first arc. I've written all the issues, and we're we're actually working on the last book of the first arc. Um, and so that much is done, and I'll probably start working on the second arc uh, this this coming month. Um, and so I'll always be one arc ahead, but I prefer. I prefer to, to outline everything, have it done, and then completely ignore all my outlines. Um, <laughs> because I think uh, because I think I think good writing comes from having a sense of sort of spontaneity and willingness to 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 take a turn that you might not have plotted. Um, but it's important for me to plot things because I know now at least the general shape of things and and the important events that need to happen, if you will.
0: You want to get lost in the city.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, I I don't. I, if I know exactly what I'm gonna do, it's gonna become boring for me to write. Yeah. So I have to keep myself sort of constantly excited and interested in one step ahead of the reader. Yeah. Uh, and so for that to happen there necessarily needs to be an element of, I don't know what's going to happen in these next 10 pages. Let me figure it out. Yeah.
0: And so, the characters might surprise you as well. They might not want to do the things you want them to do.
2: <laughs> I mean, I mean and, and they already have. Um, there are definitely characters that I didn't, when I started writing this, I had no intention of using them. And then as I've started writing, I'm going, oh, wait, if I, if I do this, I can keep this character. And I think they will become like a really important part of the narrative going forward. Hmm. So so there's definitely things like that that have changed and happened while we scripted. And, and a lot of that is up to uh, Dave as well. Because you know I'll, I'll, I'll write a character, and I'll be like, yeah, well, that character is going to go away after a couple of issues. And then he'll design it so well, and he'll add these things. I'm like, oh, man, I really want to hold on to this character now. <laughs> um,
1: and
0: so I have to. Yeah, yeah so I have Come to change
1: things on. around. Yeah, because yeah. Plans
0: change. Stop being so good at your job, <laughs> like, Dave. <laughs> stop, stop designing these awesome characters.
2: Yeah. So
1: stop making yeah. them so close, when, look when really we cool, when but...
2: we designed the watcher, um, uh, the watcher is this this dude that you see on the second page with with the lasers coming out of his face. Um, when we designed that character. I wasn't I wasn't sure how long we we're gonna hold on to him, but as we've gone ahead, he's kind of turned into this manifestation of all of Jack's fears, and so he's become like a super important character um in in the story.
0: Yeah. I I, I so. mean I'm glad you're keeping him around because <laughs> he's like very iconic. Like the you know Yeah, you know, yeah, of course. that's, that's like that that image really is the kind of the thing that stuck with me after I read the issue. I, I went back and reread it a couple of times uh, for this interview, and I, I remember I I kept kind of I found myself at one point just like kind of staying on that page because I just was like this this whole this being's whole deal. I just want to kind of uh, know all about it. It's fascinating, and you know yeah, the fact and see, that, and that
2: the watcher comes out of like one of these short stories that we'd written, which is which is interesting, yeah.
0: That's very cool, and like, just like the the fact that the panel that he's on has just got one like like caption box, and it just says monsters, and it's like that kind of you know tells you nothing and everything. It's almost like he's yeah. he's the kind of the the being in your nightmares that like you know you know you're running away from it, but you don't know what it is. It's brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the runaway Jack and the and the freaking like pan and the they, they screens right behind it. They runaway yeah, Jack, yeah, runaway yeah, Jack yeah. Paradiso, run it, and it's like.
0: Like what? <laughs> yeah, what am I, I reading?
1: I into, but I cannot, And I'm like, I'm terrified, but I also cannot wait to see how oh, like so, where I'm is this so going to go from here after this crazy. So keep reading. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so, very I mean, cool. It's kind
2: of it's kind of cool because to me uh, the pleasure of it uh, in, in some sense, and I was, I was telling someone else today that before I knew I wanted to be a writer, I used to fib a lot as a kid. And they wouldn't be they would they wouldn't be like malicious lies, uh, you know. I wouldn't lie about like taking something from someone or, or something like that. But they'd be lies like, "Oh yeah, why am I late? Because I was walking down this road and I met an alien and and you know." And, and, I, and my teachers would be like, "My teachers would be like, you're like lying. Like, no, lie. I swear it was true." Um, <laughs> and, and part of it, I realize, is just the pleasure of watching someone buy into your your construct. It's like, it's like performing a magic trick and you're misdirecting someone and you totally see them buy into it. That, that gives you, as a writer, that gives you so much pleasure um, when it it comes off in the story. So, so I'm really glad like people are noticing the things that, that I intended for them to notice. And, and, and at least so far people have not noticed things that are there. Um, which are important that I intended for them not to notice which okay also, yeah which is also like a super important thing mm-hmm. because because I bet you there will come a time where you look at a page and go oh wait I remember that panel I've seen it before it's on page one hmm mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah
1: and it's like like, it's going to be interesting when, as people read the single issues, like, this is going to be something yeah. that people would end up getting, like, single issues of, and then decide, and then later to go, and then also, like, you know what, I kind of want to buy the trade to this, too, just to have this all in uh-huh. one yeah. giant <laughs> package, <laughs> yeah. just so I can flip through it again, you know, and go, you know, yeah. you know, like, ooh, cool, I mean just, and it's like, you go back to and go oh that's, well, that's really it because cool. if there's yeah if there's things
0: in issue five or something that is you like, know a reference in issue one and things like that you, you're going to need it all in one volume so you can just keep flicking back and forth yeah. to pull all the pieces together exactly
1: i've done it i i fully admit i have done the i bought the single issues and then i bought the trade later when it hit just because of the fact that i just went no i i know i own the single issues why are you buying the trade because i want it all in one yeah, volume I so i can go I back and thing. forth yeah. and just flip around faster i mean and... i've got
2: single issues of, of things like injection and black monday murders and then i still pick up the trade because i'm like i need it i yeah. want it all in one yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah especially books like those like you need to yeah. you know you've got to unpack all them there's a the lot life. to unpack with those
2: yeah exactly exactly um so yeah, yeah, I hope I hope all of that is true. I hope I hope readers are all excited by by what they see. Um and yeah, yeah, there's definitely an intent to to make the story intricate and complex and and have layers to it that people can enjoy on on second readings if you will.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean that's I mean it's it's really exciting. Like uh, it's a really exciting series to kind of dive into to kind of uh, you know a brand new world to explore. Really, um, it's fantastic. Um, the first issue is out on uh, December sixth. Is that right? Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, brilliant. And um, and we'll, be,
2: we'll th- be signing at Forbidden Planet on December sixth in London. If people are around.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Um, so um, the. One of the things that I I love and uh, I love and kind of frustrates me as well is you know I had this uh, we had this with um, with Rhino Sullivan as well as and uh, and Klaus is the the. the fact that we're having a conversation with you, and like it's almost, um, it's almost one-sided in a way because we want to know all the answers, and you have all the answers, uh, and yet you can't reveal them. Um, but you're kind of teasing <laughs> us with these things. Um, yeah. so what I'd love, uh, what I'd love to you to do is, you know, come back on the show at uh, some point in the future, maybe after the first arc is done, and we can, uh, we can start to unpack some of the, uh, unpack some of the mysteries that yeah, we've, uh, yeah, we've already yeah. discovered, and kind of pick your brains about uh, our thoughts on the, uh, the first few issues uh, when the, uh, when yeah. the trade hits. Uh,
2: I'd absolutely love to. Um, it's um, and it'll it's be it cool, like I said, um, to 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 see what you guys think after you've read yeah. it.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. When we've uh, when we've sat and kind of driven ourselves mad by poring over the previous the, the <laughs> three or four issues, trying to uh, trying to put the pieces together.
2: <laughs> no, 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 when it when it comes together, it'll all seem like oh yeah, it was it was all right there.
0: It was all there in the yeah. <laughs> it was so obvious. <laughs> yeah. No, no, definitely not. But um, but so where can uh, where can people find you on the internet if they uh, if they want to get in touch with you?
2: Um, I'm on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter is probably the best place to find me, just because it's simple and I'm always tweeting. Um, I'll, I'm there on at, at the right from, T h e r i g h t r a m. Uh, or you can find me on facebook as ram venkatesan.
0: Awesome. And uh, yeah so uh, Paradiso number 1 um is uh, is out on December 6th from Image Comics. Um definitely recommend everyone picking it up. Um and uh, we'll um will definitely have you back on the show. Thank you so much for talking to us. It's been uh, it's been a genuine pleasure uh, chatting to you.
2: Yeah, thank you both of you for taking the time and having me on
1: here. Dude, this was awesome. I i just added you on twitter dude so i just i i was actually going like i haven't seen you on twitter yet hang on it's like when you, when you said yeah your name, let like, me hey, find it <laughs> just followed you back <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh it's all oh, we're all oh it's so, so exciting and um, so uh so that's it like talking of twitter then ways where can people find you on the internet
1: you can find me at geek landed and also you can find and also you can find me on my website at geeku at dot where i'm actually working on a few things lord lord help me some people have been giving me on some really weird journeys lately so you're probably going to find some really oddball articles <laughs> at, um,
0: i love your from, oddball articles
1: do get weird, weird fiction, Yay. Likes <laughs> weird fiction
0: yeah yeah and uh, well, as for me you can um you can find me I'm at matt loon on twitter uh, uh you can find me uh, on uh, my blog uh, which is where you'll find this uh, this podcast uh, it's uh, awesome comics.com and uh, you can find the show uh, on at that's the issue on Twitter as well. Um, I also uh, do uh, articles for multiversity as well uh, multiversitycomics.com, so uh, check me out on there as well. Uh, but that's it for this episode. Um, thank you, uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Ram again for uh, coming on the show. It was a great pleasure to talk to you, and um, yeah, and we'll uh, we'll speak to you soon. Goodbye.